0: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
1: It's not every day that we hear from Joe Burrow in the form of an exclusive interview. We're going to talk about his interview with Complex.com, plus take your questions mostly on the defensive side of the ball in our last maybe second to last pre-Camp Mailbag.
0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're on the Locked On Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to this show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. And that will make it really easy for you to join those two groups of esteemed listeners we talk about at the beginning of every show, the everydayers, those of you who don't miss an episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Even in the off season. special shouts out for you because we know it's tough in the offseason to stay locked in on locked on bengals and you do it we appreciate all of you who do also those of you who make us your first listen really appreciate all of you who make locked on bengals your first listen on your way to work or whatever you do first thing in the morning walking your dog working out making breakfast whatever it is we're happy to have happy to be there with you when you're doing any of those activities and today james we're going to talk about this joe burrow interview over at complex.com man it's it's interesting the, the outlets that get Joe Burrow for exclusive interviews. Last year it was or two years ago? Last year it was one single podcast. This year it seems to be complex.com, and that is about it. And uh, what stood out to you? Let's let's just start there. What was the big takeaway from you as you read this interview?
2: You sound bummed, but I, I don't know if we've given Joe the, the official invite. Obviously, it's an open invite, but now let's let's put it on on video, on record here, Joe Burrow, you're officially invited for a two-on-one sit-down on the Locked On Bengals podcast,
1: and he uh, he will we, see this, of course.
2: We could do this, you know, during training camp, you know, before or after practice. We could do this right after you wake up if you want us to come to the Burrow house, uh, which it probably looks like Michael Rubens these days. Yeah, whatever the case is, we could do it. But yeah, Jake, the the interview, I enjoyed it because there was there was a few newsworthy, noteworthy. Quotes And I'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers saw them. First, let's start with the trash talk because it's, it's Bengals and Chiefs. It's the NFL's best rivalry. And I, I love this, by the way. Side note that the Bengals rivalry is with the Chiefs. And we're not talking about like Bengals Steelers, which just is really for the majority of of the life of the Bengals franchise, that has been their biggest rivalry, dating back to the seventies when Terry Bradshaw said he hated the Bengals and, and was really uh, adamant about trying to beat them. But we obviously had the Pat Who comment with Jamar Chase. They asked him about that and Mahomes's response and Travis Kelsey's response, and he said, "Quote: The best thing about it is that it's settled on the field, so we'll see them in December. It's great. It's a very Joe Burrow line. Not going to feed the flames, feed the fire." all of those things. So I, that stood out his relationship with Jamar Chase. He touched on that. And and I I think there's not much more that our listeners need to know about that, that, that he said or revealed. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think that nationally it might be relevant because not everyone knows the story of Joe and Jamar, but if you listen to this podcast regularly, you certainly do. But the other part of it was the getting over the hump part and it makes sense, right, given where the state of this team and we've talked about the different veterans that could walk out the door in, in free agency next year. And so them asking him that, especially after minicamp, when he used the word urgency multiple times to describe how the locker room is viewing this season about winning and, and kind of finishing the job and winning a Super Bowl. And as far as getting over the hump, he said, well, we don't have to do anything too different. Keep doing exactly what we're doing. We've put a great plan together the last couple of years. We just have to finish it off. And that's the sort of like burrow poise where I guess you could say there's more pressure on this team than any other Bengals team, arguably in franchise history. If you wanted to look at it that way, you could, because the expectations are so high. And he's like, "Eh, we just got to keep, you know, his normal burrow sigh. I'm sure he probably did that. "Eh, We just got to do what we normally do and what we've done and just finish it off this time. So I like that. That certainly stood out to me.
1: It's a mantra you've heard from not just Joe Burrow, but other players on this team, from coaches on this team, where they feel like they have a plan. They feel like they have the experience. They know what has gone into the Super Bowl run, the AFC Championship run, which came a whiskers with away from making it back to the Super Bowl. They they know what goes into those efforts and, and how much work that is. And they know what's gotten them there. They know they have some new faces. They know what the problems have been. I think that there's a, a good amount of self awareness on this team. And, you know, we've knocked them in the past for having some blind spots internally in terms of self scouting. And, and I think that they've largely gotten past a lot of that. I, I think there's still some of it probably, but I, I think that their ability to recognize where their roster is, understand the strengths and weaknesses of the roster, make adaptations in season as they need to, and then have a good off-season plan every year. For the last few years we've seen this to address those weaknesses is something that we've really seen come a long way for them. So when you think about all of those factors, I think that Joe Burrow's comments are really make a lot of sense. I think another thing that's really kind of a throwaway line but was interesting to me that helped paint the white party, which I was not very interested in, as some of our listeners noticed. Paint that in a new light uh, was what he said about it, which is just that for him. And, and it was a good question. I thought it, it's not this like crazy celebrity party as it's perceived to everyone on the outside. For him, it's a place where he's not going to get mobbed by fans. Right. Like there are going to be people, I'm sure, that come up to him and be like, hey man, I'm a big fan. But it's it's a different level, right? And he said it's just mm-hmm. a comfortable space. He talked about it as, yeah, it's just a place where I can, you know, it's just good people that want to have a good time. And it, it kind of normalized it in a big way. It's just like, yeah, it's just a place where he could be more of a normal guy. And I'm sure he appreciated that about it.
2: I think the question is perfect for Burrow because it allowed him to downplay it. Right. But and and he's been a mega star for a couple of years now. I mean, it's not Mm -hmm. new. Really, that 2019 season is what kicked it off. So he's used to it, and it probably feels like ages ago when he wasn't at this type of level. But he's reaching another level. That's what that party signified, and he might not realize it yet. But that Super Bowl run, that that kind of, I I think, changed things and vaulted him into another tier of star. Okay, here's a question
1: kind of related to that. Yeah, ESPN just said Kansas City. Maybe we should start the mailbag here. We'll we'll start the mailbag with this question in a minute. Let me let l- finish that thought before before we change topics here.
2: No, I I just think that that, that helped him help his profile even more, and and that's why he's being mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, as one of the top quarterbacks, not only in the league but one of the biggest stars
1: in the league as well. Right. Let's get into that mailbag. I also want to maybe talk about this Patrick Mahomes quote from quarterback the Netflix. Mm-hmm. Docu series because it, it also speaks to that Chiefs Bengals rivalry that you alluded to. And and I thought it was a interesting quote. The quarterbacks are coming at it, I think, a little bit differently from a lot of the other players on these teams. But we'll get into those topics and some questions on the defense in a mailbag coming up next.
2: Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with locked-on fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway, let's see who Vinny has picked out for this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. When making the first overall pick in fantasy football drafts this season, 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey is a guaranteed fit. A healthy McCaffrey is guaranteed to see more than 300 touches again in his first full season in San Francisco and is the centerpiece of the 49ers offensive engine. McCaffrey checks all the boxes, talent, usage, high floor and ceiling run with CMC as the guaranteed number one fit in a smooth ride to another year of big numbers. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win a fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it. eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC and say goodbye to sweating. If your ride needs a little fixing up, because now you'll know you'll always be set up for success from the get go with eBay guaranteed fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away for the right parts and accessories that fit your vehicle. Just look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: James, before we dive into some listener questions in the mailbag, I do want to talk about this Patrick Mahomes comment, and then I want to ask you a question. I I thought this Patrick Mahomes comment was actually uh, a compliment for the Cincinnati Bengals. Some people saw maybe only the end of one of the quotes and, and yeah. thought it was trash talk. But here's the full quote for anyone that missed it. And you have this over at allbengals.com as well, in case you guys want to go read it and not just hear me recite it. I think the Bengals are better, said Patrick Mahomes when asked who he would rather face between the Bills and the Bengals. But with all those injuries on the offensive line, the Bills have a chance. We match up better against the Bills, but I want to play the Bengals. I just want to play them because we haven't beat them, and I'm tired of them talking. Joe Burrow's going to do whatever he whatever it takes to win that game. Every single time you go up against that team, I know it's going to come down to the very end. Yep. I mean, it's yeah. very respectful. He, he's very motivated, obviously, to win, and if you're 0-3, if, if the Bengals were 0-3 against the Chiefs, it would be the same thing. It would be, man, let's, let's beat this team. If you're Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, and there was talking, and uh, you know that that is amplified, and Patrick Mahomes has kind of played into the Jamar chasing, I don't think that stuff's a big deal either. I think I think that's pretty playful, to be honest. But it's motivation, and and these athletes, as we've seen from the Michael Jordan documentary a couple of years ago, will use any bit of motivation they can.
2: No doubt, I, I agree. I think it is a compliment. You know, obviously what he said about Joe was a compliment, and that was pre. AFC title game, but pre-divisional round to say, yeah, we think the Bengals are better, but that's who we want to play. That's awesome, and I, I like seeing that, and that's what makes this rivalry awesome. I, I don't think that the Bengals, for example, would be rooting for whatever team is playing the Chiefs if they could face the Chiefs again in an AFC title game. I think they would want to play the Chiefs mm-hmm. because they think they can beat the Chiefs. That They weren't lacking any confidence. I think they were stunned when they didn't. And that's the beauty of this rivalry is both teams are really, really, really hard to beat. And it, it, it comes down to all these different stars on both sides of the ball, but then obviously the quarterbacks. So, no, I, I love it. And I, I think that that's one of the best parts of, about this doc, docu series uh, on Netflix, is the fact that we're going to see from a Patrick Mahomes view mm-hmm. how they view the Bengals. And I'm sure that later, in, in fact, I know in episode eight, um, you know, my, they played Mike Hilton's clip that I posted on TikTok. They, they played that. So I made the doc, but congrats. Um, I know big news, but the point is, is we'll see plenty of Bengals. I think it, during at least parts uh, of the series, which is pretty cool.
1: It's also nice to get that acknowledgement from the homes, uh, for, for, for fans on Twitter, they get into it with cheese fans every day, which I know happens. I try to not see it, but I see it nonetheless. Um, just because it doesn't interest me. But Mahomes acknowledging the injuries on the offensive line, Mahomes saying that he thinks the the Bengals are the better team. Uh, I thought those were interesting little tidbits as well, and I think complimentary coming from from Patrick Mahomes. My my question to start the mailbag, James, is is a Jake question. Sorry to all of the people that wrote in questions. We will get to many of those as well. But ESPN just had the SPs. And mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs were named the, the best team of the year or whatever whatever the award was called. But they were up against teams from, from college ranks, from professional ranks. The Kansas City Chiefs won the award. Would the Bengals, had they beaten the Chiefs and won the Super mm-hmm. Bowl,
0: <laughs>
1: have been the best team in the SBS? Because I got to be honest. I, I, I'm kind of skeptical, but if, I mean that would have mean the Bengals had beaten the 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 winner twice and then won the Super Bowl. So in that hypothetical, do you think that ESPN would have made the Cincinnati Bengals the best team or gone with you know the Nuggets or, or one of the other candidates? I
2: I think a lot of people will say no. I will say yeah because that would have meant they would have won twelve straight games, and would have won an Arrowhead for a second straight year, and would have taken down Jalen Hurts. And a really great defensive line for the Eagles, probably shorthanded in, in the trenches. So, yes, I, I think so. If they had done that, now they were as close as they were to the Super Bowl, they were miles and miles away from finishing it and getting the Lombardi. Like that that final minute plus a whole another game. I you know how much how many things go into that to get it done. But they uh I, I think they would have been. And I think because that would have meant Burrow playing out of his mind, Chase's big plays and these guys are stars like Joe Burrow the only guy he isn't a bigger star than is Mahomes as of right now on the Chiefs and Jamar Chase is going to be a bigger star than Travis Kelsey might not be yet but I I think he's going to be certainly among the younger fans so I do I I think that they would have been
1: interesting I mean it's a hypothetical that will never get the answer to. We
2: may find out this year. Obviously, circumstances will be different. But.
1: Yeah, because because there's like other teams involved too, right? Like the mm-hmm. Georgia Bulldogs college football team were, were a nominee as well, and they're comparing them to others in their respective arenas, which mm-hmm. is, it, it makes it tricky. Let's get into our mailbag questions here, James. We'll take one question on the defense before we, we get to a bunch more in the third segment to finish the show, but Bengals watch party at Bengals party had a question about the interior pass rush, James. How do you see the interior pass rush playing out? What are the options? This is something we've talked about a little bit, but I figured there's enough there that we can have a little bit of a a conversation.
2: Yeah. I I would think they would love for Zach Carter to take a step, certainly Mm -hmm. and be part of that. Obviously you have BJ Hill. We know what DJ reader brings, but specifically pass rush, They would love to have Zach Carter step up a bit. And then after that, I think you're talking Cam Sample. And and you're discussing still, at least to a degree, Joseph Osai. And could Miles Murphy be inside, play inside some? Or is it the opposite? Because you have Miles Murphy, because you're confident in Joseph Osai, that you put Sam Hubbard inside. I think that's the interesting part. And that's probably where I would go if you could, at least as of now, is put Hubbard inside at, at times. Because... He's a great run defender. I think he would be good in there, certainly has the size in there, and might have the edge over some of these interior uh, guards that, that he would face in an interior alignment. So we'll see, but that's kind of the picture. Those are the guys that I would expect to see. And in a perfect world, Zach Carter would take a few steps forward. I've heard he's put on some good good weight, so we'll see if he does that. But, but if not, one of these other guys, they're going to have to kind of tool it a little bit. And I think Luana Rumo can. I also wouldn't be shocked if they did kind of scour the – not the waiver wire, maybe the waiver wire when cuts happen, but uh, scour the the free agent market if they could find the right three tech.
1: Yeah, it's one, one of those spots we talked about with Jay Morrison earlier this week. So if you missed that episode, you can go check out our conversation with Jay Morrison as he's getting set to join Pro Football Network. They tweeted about that, by the way, James, which I didn't see until hours after the tweet, uh, but that was kind of neat.
2: Was. I mean, he no,
1: picked up. It's cool. Uh, which yeah. is cool. But uh, DJ Reader was our best interior pass rusher last year. Not known for pass rush, but really was the guy disrupting the pocket the most, getting the most push up the middle, compressing the pocket, not giving quarterbacks an avenue to step up. And he got so hot with getting his hands into the passing lane and batting mm-hmm. passes at the line of scrimmage, which was a big deal. Like he, he went a lot of the season without doing it. And then he finished the season with six and he had more of those. Although well, I guess that includes the playoffs according to PFF, but got his hands into the passing lane quite a bit. They, they do need more there. Mm-hmm. One guy that we haven't talked about, and I think rightfully so, but we'll see if he can take a step. His last year's waiver claim, J2 who, mm-hmm.
0: when
1: he popped and he had a couple games where he really popped when, when he needed to play when DJ reader was hurt, he was really good in a couple of games. And so, if they can get that to be a little bit more consistent, that would be pretty cool. Zach Carter, for for all the late season growth he showed, and he did play a lot better late in the season. I think a lot of that came in in run defense. So we'll see if he can add some pass rush to his game. It was an area that that was gonna need some development. He was, you know, changing positions in the NFL a little bit in terms of the role he was going to be asked to play. So we'll see if the body transformation helps there. BJ Hill, I think kind of is what he is at this point. He's going to be a really solid player. He's not going to be a top end pass rusher, but he will contribute in the pass rush. Certainly he's shown that he can do that from time to time. He will make some big plays there, but you're looking for a little bit more probably for a team that was accustomed to Geno Atkins for all those years. Don't think that's on the team right now, but how they deploy those defensive events in the NASCAR package, which I think is a sub-package we're pretty interested in seeing, is something that we'll be watching throughout training camp and is something that we're probably going to talk about a little bit in the training camp preview uh, or previews, I should say, that we'll have going next week. Coming up next, some more questions about sub-packages, leadership on defense, and more on the mailbag as we finish up today's episode. Today's
2: show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird dogs- well, they make you look good whether it's their khaki shorts they're awesome joggers you're going to look good you're going to feel good and well it is the best product on the market and let's just start with their khaki shorts they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give your leg a truly sculpted look so this summer even if you don't hit leg day Well, you'll look just fine with bird dogs. They use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I love their shorts. I love their joggers. I love their khakis. And I wear them all the time, whether it's in the summer with the shorts, during football season. If I'm going to practice joggers, they come in clutch. So you need to go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL.
0: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: James, we have a question about the safeties. Jordan Battle turning some heads. We've talked about three safety looks. Mm-hmm. I've unfortunately lost the questions in this exact moment. I'll get well, them I got back you. But if you have that question, that would be great.
2: Andrew, at whodaydad underscore, do you think the Bengals will realistically run more of a three safety look if battle looks good in camp? I thought it would have helped our injured defensive backs last year and get Dax some reps. And how about Jake, the computer whiz,
1: losing the questions? Just to no, well, I, mention I, that. I switched, I switched my Twitter accounts for a second there. I've got the questions back now. No, It's worries. okay. But there we go. Not we have now. the question. Yeah, who day Dad underscore on Twitter with the question here we've talked a lot about three safety stuff. We talked about it a lot last year too. I'm not sure how much more three safety stuff we'll see. And the reason for that is to put three safeties on the field, you're, you're taking either a linebacker or defensive back off the, off the field. Right? So the way we see three safety stuff is if Dax Hill, on third down, third downs on passing downs against teams with a good tight end takes over that Trey Flowers role, where last year they had a cornerback come on the field, they took Jermaine Pratt off the field, and, and they had that corner out there to deal with tight ends like Travis Kelsey. I do think Dax could do that. I worry about him a little bit in terms of, of size he's giving up, although that was an issue for Trey Flowers to some extent as well with some of the big tight ends in the NFL. But th- that would be the situation where... You would see the three safeties come on. I think I, I can't imagine, you know, any base situation where, where that would be the case. Um, you could see some rotations, but we'll, we'll find out. I think this is one of those training camp questions. One of those things that I'm going to be watching for in training camp is do they actually put those three safeties on the field at any point in time? Uh, against certain looks and certain situational stuff when they're drilling it. But uh, this is a big wait and see. I'm actually a little bit skeptical the closer we get that we'll see a whole lot more in terms of three safety stuff outside of the sub packages where they had an extra defensive back on the field anyway last year.
2: Yeah, I I think the rotation is the key here. To me... If they were going to go three safeties, last year would have been the year where you have two guys that you're really, really confident in in this guy in Daxel. And people forget, Jay mentioned it on our last episode. Dax had a great camp before Jesse showed up. Mm-hmm. He was really good in the preseason, looked comfortable at safety, and then just was out. And that was it and wasn't playing much. Like he did everything he could do to, to get some playing time. And I just I don't think they're they're built that way, but. I think that you'll see some Nick Scott-Dax Hill and then some Dax Hill-Jordan battle, and that'll be kind of what you you see. And then maybe some Nick Scott-Jordan battle, a little bit of that too, and and you could just see them kind of rotate a bit. I think Dax will play the most snaps. I think Scott will be second followed by battle, but I certainly think that there's more of a path now to, to three safeties playing regularly on defense even though they might not be on the field at the same time.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Because we we felt this way last year too, right? You just said it. Last year was the year we thought we would see it, and and then we didn't. So I think it'll be situational. It'll be matchup dependent. I think I think that's a bigger part of it than the personnel the Bengals have. It's does the matchup call for it? Because, like I said, somebody somebody has to come off the field, right? To put three safeties on the field, and you're only doing that in in certain matchups.
2: Yep, and and I th- I think that the confidence. And Jesse Bates Von Bell last year was certainly at least part, a big part actually mm-hmm. uh, of Luana Ramo's decision-making there. All right. We got time for one more. You want to go with the Von Bell question? Let's do it. Jojo Jammer at win one Super Bowl. Hopefully it's more than one Jojo. Who is going to set the tone for the defensive backs now that Von Bell
1: is gone? I think we've heard the defensive back room in Cincinnati talk about this, right? Some of the so, some of the veterans, so, like sure. Cheeto's talked about it a little bit. Mike Hilton's talked about it a little bit. And those are the two guys that I'm looking at. But one of them is in the last year of their deal. Mm-hmm. At some point, Dax Hill is going to need to step up and be a leader. I don't know if this is a year for that with some of the veterans they have. Cam Taylor-Britt, certainly vocal. Will he be a future leader in that room? I think it might be too early there. I'm looking at the veterans. I'm looking at Cheeto and Mike Hilton. And Mike Hilton has two years left on his deal, so especially Mike Hilton. But I think both of those guys – Are are the the veterans in that room Mm -hmm. that have the experience, and and I think that those two would be the ones that would would try to continue the tone that they've had, and they've talked about this, I think, where it's going to be a group effort. There's not going to be one guy that comes in and does what Von Bell did. It's going to be somebody else organizing the film rooms. It's going to be somebody else organizing the loaf jar, right? And and that was a tradition that came over with Mike Hilton, so maybe that's him anyway, right? But the they've got a couple of veterans there and and nick scott's been around for a while at this point too this is going to be his fifth nfl season so Mm -hmm. i'll be looking at primarily those two corners and and we'll see which of these young guys can step into a leadership role
2: yeah i think nick scott you you got it at the end there i I think he's certainly going to be in the mix there and establish himself I, i honestly i don't know how much leading it needs to be done for a guy like Jordan Battle, for example, as a rookie. Like I just, I think he's ready to go. And then the, the other one I would look at is Michael Thomas in that safety room. Just a mm-hmm. guy that's a steady, calming presence. So overall, I think they'll be fine there from a leadership perspective. There may be some bumps anytime you lose guys like Jesse Bates and Von Bell. It could be tough, but overall, I, I think they'll be just fine in the secondary.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of youth there, but there are there are still some veterans plenty of guys that have been around the league for a long time. Michael Thomas, really good, really good shout. Sidney Jones has been around the NFL for a while now too. But it's it's just those things that they did in the DB room last year that I think they're going to look to continue the the, the extra film work that they did, sure. you know, the loaf jar stuff. Somebody needs to continue to run those, continue to set the tone. And I think they've got the guys, and and the, most of these players were on the team last year and had that experience to, con- to continue and carry that forward because there is that camaraderie, and they seem to really enjoy it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We didn't answer your question. Well, it might be a full episode next week. You never know. We, we do that sometimes in the offseason when your questions align with some of the things that we have planned anyways. You might see that, but we're going to get into a week of training camp previews in addition to whatever else comes up that's newsworthy because we've got to keep you covered here on Lockdown Bengals. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day?